0: that's UNIFYD Healing.com/slash Blue Wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most.
0: Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yes, dinner. Honey. Four.
1: You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. what's up everybody and welcome to another edition of the links and locks podcast the dfs edition i'm jason sobel from golf bet he is len hockberg from rotowire we're gonna go through our favorite plays in dfs from the top of the board to the very bottom try to find the best of the best and maybe some nuggets down low for this week's at t byron nelson the second year they're playing at TPC craig ranch which yielded a winning score of 25 under last year, and we should expect plenty of birdies once again. Len, what's going on? How you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, ready for a big-time uh, shootout this week, a little bit different from TPC Potomac, which was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, that was sort of a mini U.S. Open with the conditions going through at the Wells Fargo this past weekend. So as always, I want to get to your game theory for this week's AT&T, Byron Nelson. It feels like Hit it a long way, hit it on the greens, roll in lots of putts. Sounds pretty easy. What are we looking at this week as far as the types of players that we're looking at?
2: Well, we have a lot better field this year than last year. And it's good to see that the Byron Nelson is getting a better field because it was just three years ago that the star traction was Tony Romo at this tournament. It's good that there were actual golfers here, not although he's a pretty good golfer. But last year, 25 under one, six guys hit 20 under. So this was a real big birdie fest. And they weren't even hitting the ball far off the tee. And they weren't hitting the ball straight off the tee. It was just like, do whatever you want off the tee. (laughs) And then really, I mean, KH Lee was like 290 off the tee averaging to get to 25 under. It's really second shot to very large greens turned into a putting contest. KH Lee ended up winning by three shots over Sam Burns because he putted significantly better than Burns. But a couple of guys who were in third place, Patton Kazire, fourth in putting, Scott Stallings first in putting, they had really good weeks. So and I saw a quote from Charles Schwartzel saying, Yeah, it's going to turn into a second shot golf course and a putting contest. There's a lot of water, 14 holes, didn't seem to matter. Really, you just got to make birdies and par five scoring. Sam Burns, 15 under on the par fives. They're all pretty short. 575 is the longest one. So this is just befitting of Texas, a wild west shootout. Go low. All right, let's get right to it and start getting to the players on the board. Seven of the world's top
1: 13 in the field this week. I'm going to combine the 10,000 range and the 9,000 range this week. Only four players above 10,000. So let's just put them all together. Starting with Scotty Scheffler, the world's number one player. Four wins in his last six individual starts. He is at 10,900. Followed by Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth. Then getting down into the 9,000, Sadeki Matsuyama, Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns, Will Zalatoris, Joaquin Neiman, Brooks Kepka, and Tommy Fleetwood to round it out. What are you looking at from this range, Len?
2: We have top players. It's hard to avoid the top players for me. Do I need to even explain why I like Scotty Scheffler? Uh, because he's Scotty Scheffler. And $10,900. So we don't even have an $11,000 guy this week. Justin Thomas, 10,600. He does sort of everything but win, which is good and bad. Better for us than for him. His worst stat is putting, and that's a problem this week, but he's not Hideki Matsuyama bad in putting. He's ranked about 106th, middle of the road in putting. Dustin Johnson clearly playing better of late, Sam Burns played well here last year. Will Zalatoris. I'm naming a lot of guys. I'll go all the way down to $9,000 for Tommy Fleetwood, who I think is playing almost as well as any of these guys, putting Scotty Scheffler aside. And Tommy Fleetwood, who never was able to putt, is ranked eighth on tour in strokes gained putting. So he is really caught my eye this week. Yeah, that's an interesting play. I've got four
1: guys in this range that I'm really looking at. The first one is the guy at the top. I mean, we talked about Scotty Scheffler. He apparently shot a 63 at Southern Hills the other day. Just firing on all cylinders right now. Comfortable surroundings back in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This should be right up his alley. I almost am worried a little bit about being underweight on Scotty Scheffler this week just because you've got to kind of find some lower priced guys to fit with him if you're going to get that 10-9 into the lineup, but it's certainly doable. And I'll definitely want to have at least a few shares of Scotty Scheffler this week. Dustin Johnson, this feels to me like on a week when some of the other best players in the world might have their foot off the gas pedal just a little bit with a major championship coming up next week. I feel like DJ might look at it and say, Yeah, it's a major. So I'm just gonna make lots of birdies because that seems like a good way to prep for a major championship. And you know what? As he is with most things, he'll be both understated and he'll be correct if he says something like that. And I certainly like DJ who's been knocking at the door and not quite walking through it for a while now. But I think DJ could have a really nice week. Jordan Spieth, look, he can talk all he wants about trying to peak four times a year for the major championships. What we found is that Jordan doesn't really have that in him, and I mean that as a compliment and that Jordan tends to play his best golf whenever the best golf happens, and so he treats every shot, every round, every tournament like it's the most important thing in the world to him. Again, that's more compliment than any sort of insult or put-down, but it's hard not to like Jordan Spieth where there's going to be a lot of birdies out there and you've got to roll in putts. And then the nine thousands, the one guy that I'm looking at, He is way too short in the betting markets. I've seen him in the DraftKings Sportsbook at 14-1 to this week, number three on the board. I just can't bring myself to bet him at that number, but I think he's a nice play in one-and-done pools, and I think he's a really nice play in DFS, and that's Will Zalatoris, who, quite frankly, has the talent to go out and win this tournament. I like everything about him other than the price in the betting marketplace.
2: I noticed that, too, that he had better odds than, you know, DJ and Sam Burns. It did seem a little bit too risky a play there, or just not enough bang for your buck there. But, yeah, much more favorable in the DFS market at $9,400. He's also knocking on the door to win another guy. Best player without a win, probably. All right, the 8,000s are
1: light. Feels like we have fewer players in the 8,000 range than we usually do. Adam Scott, 8,700, followed by... Taylor Gooch, Jonathan Vegas, Jason Kokrak, Jason Day, Aaron Wise, Adam Hadwin, Cameron Champ. I don't mind Gooch whatsoever. I think this could be a nice week for him, even though you'd think he'd be a good win player. And yet we've seen a few times API final round, most noteworthy where the wind started blowing and he did not play his best golf players championship. I believe once the weather came through was not at his best, but I'll give him another chance here. And then two guys I really like in this range, Jonathan Vegas who is a momentum type player. When he starts playing good, he continues playing well for a while. He's been 27th or better in each of his last four starts. And then Aaron Wise, who at this point, I'm just going to put Aaron Wise in every lineup every week, because I like him that much. He's still undervalued, still underpriced. And I think at some point he does some damage here. He's looking to pull off the Maxoma lead, which is winning the same tournament on two different courses, because he was the uh, 2018 champion here at the Nelson. What are you thinking here in the uh, 8,000 range?
2: Yeah, I noticed the same thing that you said, that there aren't a lot of 8,000s, and there's no 89, there's no 88, and I don't know if this is normal or not. I'm going to guess not, because I think I would have noticed it, but there's only... One guy between Brooks Kepka at 92 and then down to 87, Adam Scott. And there's one guy in a $500 range. And, and I don't think we see that down here too often. But anyway, there's not a lot to choose from. But I do like Taylor Gooch, as you do. And I, I think early returns from Twitter and stuff is that he will be a popular play this week. But, you know, chances are you're going to have to get somewhere in that 8,000 range to fill out your lineup. He is uh, leading the tour in total Eagles this year and 23rd in birdie average. I think that's going to matter this week. And down at 8,000, Adam Hadwin is a guy I like established at the top that driving distance is not critical this week. So I think that brings him into play every time where you don't have to hit the ball far. We've talked many times how he has done very well throughout this whole year with a number of top 10s, top 25s, and he's pretty good in par 5 scoring for a short hitter as well. By the way, Adam
1: Hadwin looking like he will be fairly highly owned this week as well. looks like a lot of people on Adam Hadwin as we start getting into the week. 7,000s, I'll let you start. Criminally underpriced Seamus Power to kick off the 7,000s. He's at 7,900, getting no respect. I'm not sure I like him that much this week, but I certainly would have if I was pricing for DraftKings, probably had him about seven or $800 more than what his price is in DFS this week. So I guess start there with power and then work your way down the list because there are a ton of guys in the 7,000s. I like a lot of them in this range.
2: Yeah, there's a real sweet spot for me in the upper 7,000s. And I can't put them all into my Rotowire column and I just know I'm going to get, oh, I should have put him and not him. But, and one of those, I meant to put him. But Alex Norn at 7,900, this seems like a good fit for him. Matt Kuchar's been playing very well at 77. Lanto Griffin starting to show some signs. He played his way into the PGA Championship with two good weeks the last two weeks. Brian Harmon at 7,600. Sebastian Munoz, you know, he was off my radar until you mentioned him last week, but you're right, he's just incredibly consistent. He's been in between 21st and 39th for five, six, seven weeks in a row. And he did it again last week, all different types of courses. I should say that in the upper sevens, guy I really like is Maverick McNeely. And I know you've been on him a lot more than me this season. He hasn't missed a cut in six months. He's really big eagle guy, six total eagles on tour, 18th in birdie average, 10th in par five scoring, all f- critical things that could really zoom up the leaderboard and get you into the 20 under numbers this week. You and I usually come on this pod, Lynn, and we say, oh, I like so-and-so for DFS
1: this week. And rarely, and it's hard because we're really talking to a niche group of people here, but it's hard to differentiate between the big tournament contests and the cash games. If you're looking at cash games this week, which is, head-to-head 50-50s, Maverick McNeely and Sebastian Munoz are two guys that I would essentially start my lineups with, guys with very high floors. Like you mentioned, McNeely has one miscut in his last 22 starts. Munoz hasn't finished outside the top 40 in his last seven starts. He's been 21st to 39th every single time he's played. So those are two guys that I don't mind them in the big contest, but I like them a lot in those cash games where you're only trying to beat one or two or three other people. So you need guys who are going to be playing on the weekend. Other than that, love Davis Riley at 7,700. He's 15th on the PGA tour and birdie average this year. What we've seen from Riley so far in his rookie campaign is that he tends to play better. He tends to be a little more comfortable at the places where you can be aggressive. You're going to make a whole lot of birdies. It's not necessarily a tough, stern test of golf. Lonto Griffin, you mentioned him, 7,700. He shot 65 and 67 in each of his last two final rounds. So he's been moving up the leaderboard on Sundays. That's a really good sign to me. I like that a lot. And then towards the bottom of the 7,000s, look, the opposite of cash games, those big tournament contests, we're like, hey, high ceiling, low floor, we'll see what happens. Matthew Wolf, I have absolutely no idea what to expect from him on a regular basis, but. Look like there were some signs of positivity last week. I tell you what, if he can continue that, this could be the perfect golf course for him. And maybe we see a big run from Matthew Wolf at 7,200, which is a really good price for him. And then uh, I look at Sahith Figala just because Very much like Aaron Wise, very much like Matt McNeely. I take Sahith Figala pretty much every week. I'll throw Keith Mitchell in there too. That's the usual Sobel team right there. My guys that I think are just underpriced, undervalued.
2: And I'll put Patton Kazire in there, but he's probably going to be a popular guy. He was third here last year. Great putter. Actually playing pretty well now and not relying completely on his putter as he has in the past. So if he can get that going, but now comes the trouble. It gets a little tougher here. It gets a little tougher when we're trying to dip down below the 7,000.
1: Some weeks I look at it and I go, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys that I could take a shot on this week. I don't know how far down into the 6,000s I'm going to go. Maybe I'm just having Eugenio Lopez Shakara PTSD from last <laughs> week after I forced him into every lineup and he wound up missing the
2: cut by a bunch. But uh, who are you looking at from the 6,000s this week? When I do my column, I have an area down at the bottom with long shot values. And I'm really supposed to pick four guys down there from 7,000 and under. And sometimes I cheat. And it's hard this week. There are 156 guys. It's not like 144, 132 man field where half of these guys are going to make the cut. But I'm going to start with Grayson Sig at $6,900. I'm looking for guys who are going to make the cut. He's missed only two cuts all year. Last week at TPC Potomac and PGA National, two very hard tracks, two tracks kind of similar to each other and far different from Craig Ranch. I think he can get it done to the weekend. Hudson Swafford, we see him in shootouts at the Amex. He can go low in birdie fest. Granted, the Amex is not this field. This is a stronger field. He's even playing pretty well. He made a cut in a major for the first time in his life. Last month, 30th at the Masters. Pat Perez, 6,700, like Hudson swappard making a lot of cuts, eight of his past 10. And I'm going to go all the way down to 6,400 because every week I'm going to go one guy, 65 or under, and it's Luke Donald. It Ooh. is Luke Donald, who I was very surprised to see. He has made four of his past five cuts. And we're not talking Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico. This is Valspar, Valero, RBC, Heritage, Wells Fargo's. Two of those top 25s. He was 13th here last year. Granted, different field. But he's also ranked 14th on tour in strokes gained approach. I don't know how he does it. But I just want to see him get to the weekend and go from there.
1: Yeah, you and I are definitely looking at this from a little bit different perspectives. I'm looking for some offensive firepower. I'm looking for guys that essentially hit driver and putt it really well. and Everything in between, the 12 clubs in between, maybe not the best, but guys who can get it out there, can move it out there, and who can roll it in. So some of those guys that I think have that firepower, doesn't happen every week. It might only happen once in a while, but Wyndham Clark at 6,900, who's a driver and putter type of guy, those are the best two clubs in his bag. Austin Smotherman at 6,600, we've seen him pop up a few times over the last couple of weeks. Kramer Hickok and Trey Mullinax at 64, and this is this week's Shot in the Dark. Brandon Hagee, two weeks ago, finished in 42nd place in Mexico. Look, that's all I'm looking for from a guy that's 6,200. If he can replicate that, I'd be very, very happy. Everything else after that is gravy. But Brandon Hagee is a guy that admittedly hasn't played his best golf recently, but He does have that kind of firepower. I like his game. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar, golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson.
3: Thank you, Jason. I will be rolling solo this week as Nick is out of town But I have three top 40 wagers that made my card for the Byron Nelson, and all can be found at odds between plus 175 and plus 210. The first wager I want to talk about is Patrick Rogers' top 40 plus 210 DraftKings plus 190 FanDuel. Like any plus 210 sort of wager, this has a ton of boomer bust potential, but it doesn't take much tinkering with my numbers for the American to start flying up my model. The long iron proximity and distance totals from Rogers are two of his biggest strengths and it doesn't hurt that he grades near the top 40 in par 5 scoring and strokes gained at courses over 7,400 yards. I have this priced properly at plus 160, which means we have 50 points of value on the wager, and while the current four might leave something to be desired, we are still looking at four made cuts in his past six starts, including his 10th place finish at the Mexico Open. Moving down to the lowest option on my card, Charles Howell the third, top 40, plus 175 FanDuel, plus 140 DraftKings. When I take my two-year running model for all strokes gain putting numbers, Howell ranks 94th in this field. But when I remove all surfaces from the equation that aren't bet grass during that same time frame, he jumps all the way to 17th overall. That is the sort of improvement we are looking to pinpoint. And it is going to come down to if Howell can give himself enough chances to find success with his long iron proximity. The American ranks 133rd for that stat in my model which hasn't necessarily hurt his greens and regulation mark of 13th. But if the length of the track can get shortened by his surprisingly decent rank of 44th for distance in this field, we can start seeing how the pieces come together for him to find success. There is going to be volatility on the wager, but plus 175 has that baked into the price. And there aren't many openings for us to see since the top of the board does seem to be the cream of the crop. And then I finished with the golfer. You never see me backing during most contests, But that would be Matthew Wolf, top 40 plus 200 FanDuel plus 140 DraftKings. I certainly believe you can consider Siwoo Kim at plus 105, a price that is also on FanDuel. But I prefer sticking to long shots in an event where the top of the board looks to be priced properly. Maybe there's a case to be made that we should be pushing the envelope here and grabbing Wolf as a top 20 or even a top 10 bet because of the sheer chaos my model undergoes when trying to figure out a proper price for him but there is a reason he is one of the largest upside climbers and lowest floor plays on the board. Wolf is inside the top 25 of my model for wind, easy scoring courses, par five scoring, TPC tracks, and bent grass putting, but he is also 131st in strokes gain total over his past 24 rounds. We are going to have to stomach the volatility on all three of these wagers, but I believe each has an enhanced price tag because of that boomer bust nature. Good luck this week to everyone betting on the Byron Nelson, and let's have ourselves a day. Jason, I will kick it back to you.
1: All right, let's get to our lineup this week, Len. I don't know that you and I mentioned more than three or four of the same names when we were going through the entire board. So I imagine that we're going to be pushing and pulling back and forth to put a lineup together here. So I have no idea what to expect, but... Kick it off for us.
2: I am kind of high on Tommy Fleetwood this week. Five straight top 25s in stroke play events, including the players, including the Masters. Maybe not the best match for this week, but he is playing well. And he has added a 14th club to his bag in the last couple of months. He's decided to start using his putter. Tommy Fleetwood, $9,000. I'm still waiting to see if Tommy can go super
1: low in a tournament where it might take 25 under to win. I want to see if Tommy can go exceptionally low. I almost looked at last week's Wells Fargo at TPC Potomac and said that felt more like a Tommy Fleetwood course, a Tommy Fleetwood type of weather condition more so than this week. But look, I certainly don't dislike it whatsoever all right i mentioned that i had a lot of guys in the mid to high seven thousands that i really like so i'm just going to go pick one of them again this guy i like him for cash games probably more so than tournament plays but sebastian Munoz has just been so steady so solid recently i'm going to throw him in there at 7600
2: Excellent play. Got him on my list. No qualms with that pick at all. You're going to go low. So this is sort of shaping up as last week where I could be taking most of the pie, most of the money. I think we're both in agreement. Will Zalatoris can win the tournament this week. He's not a great putter, but he does everything else so well. And you know what? If you hit the ball closer to the hole than the other guy, your putt's not going to be as hard. So I think that's his formula for success at a tournament like this. And it's a pretty darn good one. Will Alatoris $9,400.
1: there remember about seven or eight years ago when every time Justin Thomas would pop up on a leaderboard, we'd go, Oh, you know that guy, it's Jordan Speet's really good friend, Justin Thomas. Yeah. And it took him a while. It took him until he won a PGA championship back in 2017, when we could actually just call him Justin Thomas and he wasn't Jordan Speet's good friend, Justin Thomas. Well, Davis Riley right now might be Will Zalatoris' good friend, Davis Riley, but at some point he's going to shed that label. It could be this week. I like Davis Riley a lot this week. If we've got Zalatoris there, let's throw Riley on the team with him. They'll get together. They can be roommates. They can put their lockers next to each other in our team locker room.
2: 7,700 for Davis Riley. Well, I'm going to go low. I think Hudson Swafford can make this cut. He won the Amex. He's won it. A couple of times, I think. He loves these shootouts. He can perform in them. Went into a bit of a funk after that. But he's now made four straight cuts. As I mentioned, he's made a major cut for the first time. He's probably feeling really good about himself. Good par five scoring numbers. Good birdie or better percentage. You're going to have to go low. He loves his birdie fests. Hudson Swafford to make the cut, $6,700.
1: Yeah, I like that. That seems like a really smart move. You've left me 9,600. There happens to be a guy at 9,500 who I like a lot and I sort of glossed over him earlier. I I think I kind of missed him when we were talking about the top tier, just sort of skipped past him. But I like Sam Burns every single week. He was runner up at this event last year, so we know he likes this golf course. We know he can go low in a hurry. There's nothing I don't like about Sam Burns. I have no trepidation taking him at a major championship like we'll see next week or even next month at the U.S. Open. I have no problem taking him in a lesser field like we have this week, but... 9500 I think, is a fine price on him. And there it is. We've got three guys in the 9,000s, two in the 7s, and one in the 6s. I like how we spread it out here. Sam Burns, Wills Zalatoris, Tommy Fleetwood, Davis Riley, Sebastian Munoz, and Hudson Swafford. How do you feel about
2: that lineup? I think we're going to get six for six and just hope for the best after that. And certainly Sam Burns is right there. And Will Zalatoris is right there. More than Tommy Fleetwood, I'll grant you. We got two guys who can win and six guys who can make the cut. And we did not have to go too deep down into the sixes. Yeah,
1: I like that a lot. So that is the lineup this week. Good luck with all of your lineups as well. Remember, you can listen to the links and locks DFS podcast. Every single week, wherever you find your favorite podcast, listen, subscribe, download, and rate us every single week. He's Len Hochberg from RotoWire. wire I'm Jason Sobel from Golfbet. Good luck with your DFS lineups for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. Here's hoping you hit the green.